Good evening and welcome to our Thursday night session. Tonight is Thursday night, October 1st, 2020. Many of you have heard this before. It was written by Emily Kingsley and it is something that is worth repeating at least once a week. Imagine planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy. You buy a bunch of guidebooks, you make your wonderful plans where you will go, what you will do. It's all very exciting. The day finally arrives. You pack your bags and off you go. And several hours later, the plane lands and the pilot announces Welcome to Holland. Holland, you say? What do you mean, Holland? I signed up for Italy. I'm supposed to be in Italy. All my life I've dreamed of going to Italy. But there's been a, plan, a change in the flight plan, and you have landed in Holland. So you have to go out and buy new guidebooks. You have to learn a new language and you will meet a whole new group of people you would never have met. But everybody you know is busy coming and going from Italy, and they're all bragging about what a wonderful time they had there. And for the rest of your life, you will say, yes, that's where I was supposed to go. That's what I had planned. And the pain of that will never, ever go away because the loss of that dream is a very significant loss. But if you spend the rest of your life mourning the fact that you did not get to Italy, you may never be free to enjoy the very special things about Holland. Even as recently as this Monday, during Yom Kippur, when I thought for a moment about Sukkos starting tomorrow night, I was going to Italy. And now, I will be in Holland for Sukkos. Now, when I say Italy and Holland, of course, I mean figuratively. And, of course, the Italy for Sukkos I had in mind on Monday was very different than the Italy I had in mind in February. Sukkos will be very different for us this year due to COVID and the red alert level here in Montreal. For those who do not have their own sukkah and can't be invited anywhere because of safety, I believe the correct procedure is to invoke, invoke the halachic principle of onus derachmana patre. When a person is in onus, when a person is prevented from being able to fulfill a mitzvah for reasons completely outside of their control, they are exempt 
from that mitzvah. And in that situation, a person should eat normally inside your home. And when you do so, or if you are in your sukkah by yourself and did not plan to be by yourself, please remember the words of Miriam Peretz, a great woman in Israel I have mentioned to you a number of times before. In March of this past year, after the first Shabbos in isolation in Israel, she took a photo of her Shabbat table. And it's a photo of a large, long table with one single place setting. And here's what she wrote. I had a great Shabbat. I have never cooked just for me. I always prepared what my grandchildren love. So this time, I made myself buckwheat. This is something my grandchildren don't eat. We are a Moroccan family. They ask, what is this food? So I made buckwheat for myself, for fun, and it was delicious. These moments of crisis should not break us. We don't say that a woman who wants to give birth is in crisis. She experiences great pain. But from that crisis, a child is born. Crisis moments are moments that you can use for inner contemplation, to ask questions for which there is no time in the normal daily madness. Life gives us a lot of situations. We choose how to translate them. You can translate the current situation to thinking that you are alone, you are lonely, or you can say, I give myself this moment as a gift. And in general, what won't a person do to live. If the doctor tells you to take medicine and live, you will take it. So we just say, we are at home by ourselves in order to live. Why am I here alone? I am here alone so that I can have the ability soon to open my Shabbat table for 30 people as always so that I can hear the Kiddush again with all my children and grandchildren. Allow me to share a few ideas to contemplate on Sukkos that may vastly change our perspective. First, a couple of simple, obvious suggestions that I myself am doing. I am arranging a WhatsApp video with my family. All of us are separated from each other. We're arranging this video just before Shabbat Yom Tov starts tomorrow afternoon. I plan to turn on before Shabbat and put in my sukkah in a safe place a digital frame we have that rotates photos automatically. 
there is some question about having this operate on Shabbos and Yom Tov, even though it is set before Shabbos and it is not touched during Shabbos or Yom Tov? That's a discussion for another time. Many do allow it. And certainly under these circumstances, if it helps lift your spirits, it is permitted. But of course, I will have guests in my sukkah and the government will not object. The guests that I will have will be the same guests you will have, the Ushpizin. Ushpizin is an Aramaic word that means guests. And the custom is that every night of Sukkos, we invite or invoke would be a better term, one of these great men to join us in our sukkah. On the first night, we invite to our sukkah Avraham, our patriarch Abraham, and then Yitzchak the next night, and then Yaakov, and then Yosef, and then Moshe, and then Aharon, and then David. Every night, a different personality. And there is a text that we recite as we invite them formally and welcome them into our sukkah. That text, by the way, is found in every sitter, every prayer book. You should be able to find it easily. And the idea of this is that every night of Sukkos, we invite or invoke that personality, and we should think about that person on that night, what he teaches us, what we would like to ask him if we had the opportunity. So, to focus this year on the Ushpizin is to transform our sukkah experience from enjoying the company of family and friends, which is what we probably have done in previous years, to a different experience, a more spiritual, intellectual, inspirational experience. It's not Italy. It's Holland. And it is a great opportunity for a different kind of experience. By the way, after Yom Tov, during Chol HaMoy, the intermediate days, there is a cute Israeli movie called Ushpizen. You might enjoy watching. Now, concerning this custom, this traditional custom of Ushpizin, of these guests, there's a lot of discussion about the origin of this custom, where does it come from, and the choice of the people that we invite. I mentioned their names before. Why those seven, not others? Mostly, the discussion is from a Kabbalistic orientation. But there is an approach that is found in a sefer called Be'er Miriam. And this approach is particularly meaningful this year. What's the common denominator of these seven men? Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Yosef, Moshe, Aharon, and David. What's the common denominator between those seven? 
The common denominator is that they spent large parts of their lives wandering, running, searching. Our rabbis explain the mitzvah of sukkah using the following phrase. They say, Tsei midiras keva v'shav bediras aroi, which means leave your permanent dwelling and enter into a temporary dwelling. We leave our permanent, solid home and enter a temporary structure, sukkah, which is vulnerable to the elements. To remind ourselves that really it is God who protects us and guides us and helps us navigate the vicissitudes of life. We invite these seven to our sukkah because their lives were sukkah lives, not lives of permanent houses. And they realize full well how the permanent reality is actually temporary and how man needs flexibility and creativity. So my suggestion to you is Bring a chumash into your sukkah during your meal or to your dining room table if that's where you are. And each night, review some of the narratives in the life of that night's guest and look for the lessons and strength we can draw, particularly now from their wandering and challenges and how they grew from them. And one of those lessons that each one of these seven teaches us is, to quote the words of Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, faith is not certainty. Faith is the courage to live with uncertainty. Rabbi Adin Steinsaltz, a blessed memory, points this out in connection with a strange word that is used in the Torah. In one of the places where the Torah commands the mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah on sukkos, in the parsha of Emar, the Torah says, Kol ha'ezrach Yisrael yeshvu basukos, which literally means, every citizen of Israel shall dwell in a sukkah for the seven days of sukkos. Every citizen that's strange because the obligation to sit in a sukkah applies to every Jew in every place when it is possible. Why does the Torah connect this mitzvah to citizenship? Rabbi Steinsaltz explains, precisely when the citizen, <coughs> one who feels that he has struck roots in the land, that he has a connection with the place and the soil, that he is a permanent resident of the country. Precisely that citizen needs to go out and live in a sukkah again, even if only for a few days. Because dwelling in the temporary structure of the sukkah, we give up all our bounty and abundance. We return to our nation's original condition, 
to the experience of wandering and to feeling deficiencies, wherein there is only faith and hope in the future, but uncertainty in the present. The days of Sukkos, then, Rabbi Stalinzal says, are like a recipe for joy. And the Torah itself refers to Sukkos. We refer to it in our prayers as Zman Simchasenu, the time of our rejoicing. Explains Rabbi Steinzaltz, a person learns to appreciate life's gifts, the blessings that do exist. The less a person believes, I deserve better, and the more we experience the original condition of deficiency and exile, the more we will appreciate all the bounty we do have and attain joy from it. And what we do have and what truly fills our sukkah was expressed beautifully by Rabbi Joshua Schmidman of Blessed Memory. Jewish law has many details in the construction of a sukkah. A sukkah normally has four walls. But actually, technically, a sukkah does not require four walls. A sukkah is kosher as long as it has at least two walls plus a piece of the third wall. That's all you need. By the way, it's a good idea if you want to increase ventilation in your sukkah, just build it with two and a, two, two and a half walls, you'll have a lot of ventilation. In Montreal, it might not be such a good trade-off because it could be very cold. But Rabbi Schmidman visualizes that image of two walls and a portion of the third wall as a representation of a pasuk in Shir Hashirim. Smolo tachas l'roshi. His left arm is under my head, gently cradling my head. Vimino and his right arm tachabkeni is embracing me. But look at your arm extended like this. Now, the verse is referring to the intimacy between God and the Jewish people, but it is represented by the upper arm, the lower arm, and the hand. Two full walls and a portion of the third wall. Our sukkah is a visual representation of God's right arm enveloping us, embracing us. It is God himself who fills our sukkah. On November 18, 1995, the great violinist Yitzchak Perlman gave a concert in Lincoln Center 
in New York. As you may know, Perlman suffered polio as a child and he has braces on both legs and he walks with difficulty with crutches. To see him slowly cross the stage and take his seat is painful to watch. But at the same time, it is somehow heroic and majestic. On that night, he took his seat, reached down and unhinged the clasps on his leg braces, tucked one leg behind the other, laid his crutches on the ground, took his violin in his hands, nodded to the conductor, and he began to play. Just as he started, one of the strings of his violin broke. It went off like a shot throughout the hall. Everyone understood that he would have to laboriously get up, leave the stage to repair the string. But instead, Perlman closed his eyes. After several moments of silence, he began to play. And he played with extraordinary power and passion and intensity with only three strings. Now, anyone who knows anything about music knows that is impossible to do. But Perlman refused to know that. He was changing the piece in his head, recomposing it to get all the sounds of the violin from only three strings. When he finished, there was stunned silence. No one had ever heard of such a feat. And then there was thunderous applause. Everyone was on their feet, screaming and yelling and doing whatever they could to say how much they appreciated what he had done. After several minutes, he quieted the audience and he said the following words. It is my genius as well as my heart to make music with what remains. That is the message of Sukos to make music with what remains. My friends, I want to wish you a beautiful evening. I want to wish you a lovely, joyous, unique Sukkos, Chag Sameach, and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.